Do you ever get the impression that the media doesn't take life very seriously? You've probably heard the saying, gotta kiss a few frogs before you find your prince, right? Ladies, you're wearing the wrong bra. Because thousands of cucumbers slid all over the highway. Were there any stars in danger? So you want to get a beer without ever getting off the couch, my friends? We're talking about Twinkies. We're here to take you beyond that bread and circus and serve up news that matters. I'm Holly Kernan. What do Treasure Island, Mare Island in Vallejo, and San Francisco's Bayview-Hunters Point have in common? They all have gorgeous waterfront locations on the San Francisco Bay. And they're all in redevelopment by the same company, Lennar Corporation. And Lennar is hoping to take on another major project, the redevelopment of San Francisco's Candlestick Point. That idea, backed by Mayor Gavin Newsom and Senator Dianne Feinstein, will likely go before voters in June. So who exactly is this corporation that's taken such an interest in waterfront redevelopment projects around the Bay Area? And why are they backed by some of the region's most powerful politicians? KALW's Christy Cole takes us inside the fence line of San Francisco's largest development project to find out. Cheryl Smith spent her early childhood in a Bayview-Hunters Point housing project. It was a beautiful part of San Francisco, usually sunny, with breathtaking views of the bay. But it was also a poor community, essentially neglected by the city. But not anymore. Smith looks through a chain-link fence at a field of dirt leveled off into squares. For Smith, this is what hope looks like. As I stand here and look at this, I can't help but be just extremely excited about the possibility here. This is the future site of housing being built by Lennar Corporation. Smith who is now Lennar's Director of Community Affairs, sees the redevelopment as restoring Bayview-Hunters Point to the thriving community it was when she was a girl. The shipyard back then was a little community onto itself, and so you had folks working and making their living and taking care of their children as a result of the Navy's investment and and, and it being a, a place of employment. Smith, whose mother worked as a library technician for the Navy, often walked along streets teeming with blue-collar workers who repaired, conditioned, or dismantled the massive ships that came to the dry docks. She recalls that when the Navy closed Hunter's Point in 1974, it took the life out of the neighborhood. And this was just old housing and all barbed wire fenced off and and just unavailable. Um, So all of this area where we call Parcel A was just old abandoned housing before um, it was all cleaned up. 1,600 homes will be built on this first parcel, and there's more to come, with retail and office space as well as parkland planned. This is the first time in my history living here that the city of San Francisco has said we are going to do and follow through on what we've promised this community. We are going to develop the Hunters Point shipyard with housing, with jobs, open space, and parks. When's the last time you heard of a park being paid for by the city and county of San Francisco in Bayview Hunters Point? Hunters Point isn't the only long-neglected community getting a financial boost. It's happening in communities across the country that were once home to military bases, from Pascagoula, Mississippi, to Miramar, California. The Department of Defense currently holds land that could be worth about $335 billion on the market. Simply by selling off its unused bases, the Pentagon stands to save more than $3 billion it spends each year on their upkeep. 
These base transfers are a central part of the new infill that promises to revitalize blighted urban areas that were once thriving military towns. About 30 miles northeast of San Francisco, the city of Vallejo is one such place. Near a patch of grass on the former Mare Island Naval Shipyard, a group of schoolchildren play at recess. Vallejo Assistant City Manager Craig Whittem describes the new development that's sprouting up where barracks and other parts of the shipyard once stood. The base was first commissioned during the administration of Abraham Lincoln. Um, you'll notice the different architectural styles. Um, one of the things that's critical on Mare Island is respecting the history, and that was really our objective once we uh, uh, approved the plan, um, is to create another neighborhood uh, in a different era for Vallejo. Widom says his city entered into a partnership with Lennar because the corporation has pockets deep enough to pay for municipal services that Vallejo couldn't afford for Mayor Island, such as... Police, fire, water, um, services, street repair, that we didn't have any general fund money to contribute to the venture, so Lennar, as the main property owner, would um, cover the difference between the taxes raised on the island and those costs. Widom says Lennar has to build elements such as roads and sewers. And while Lennar paid nothing to take ownership of Mare Island, the developer has paid over $700 million for the rights to develop former marine bases in the Orange County cities of El Toro, now part of Irvine, and Tustin. In fact, Lennar is the home builder with the biggest investment in former U.S. military bases, mostly in California. With reported 2007 revenue of $16.3 billion, Lennar is comparable in size to Halliburton, which had revenues of $20 billion last year. Scott Bolins, a professor in urban planning at the University of California, Irvine, says a large company like Lennar is a natural for these types of developments because they require a huge investment at the start. It's by, by rule, it's a large developer. They, there's a considerable amount of holding costs involved, just holding onto the land and not developing it um, until 5, 10, 15 years at some point. Uh, just holding the land, paying the taxes on it, can be considerable because we're talking about a large amount of acreage, highly valued acreage also within urban areas. Bowen says in the deal to purchase and develop the former El Toro Marine Air Base, Lennar is giving a lot of benefits to the city of Irvine. 1,300 acres for a park and between 200 and $400 million to develop the park and other public amenities, partly based on future taxes collected from the sales of the private development. So some of the public benefits hinge on how Lennar's development fares on the open market. And that, says Bolins, creates the potential for a conflict of interest for the cities in these new public-private relationships. Here's the public uh, government dependent upon private sector success of Lennar. Um, now what happens if um, the, uh, there is a competing development that is proposed close to, to the Lennar development? Can the city of Irvine b continue to be an objective, neutral referee at the same time it has a stake, a financial stake, in the, in the success of this Lenore uh, development? And that's where it gets tricky. Bolin says the courts may have to weigh in on some of the issues that are likely to come up. But overall, the private corporations like Lennar see a lot of payoff for their large upfront investments. It is a very significant undertaking, but we, if you look at the locations of most military bases around the country, you will find that they are typically located in some of the prime real estate for those particular urban areas. That's Kofi Bonner, president of Lennar Urban, a division the company created to handle military base redevelopment. Bonner says Lennar is focusing on the one element that governs real estate investment, 
Location, location, location. Hunters Point Naval Shipyard is a great location for this city. Treasure Island, fabulous location. Mare Island, great location. So the military typically located its facilities in very good uh, urban locations. Those locales mean big money. In Vallejo, the Mare Island deal is a joint venture where much of the profit is split between the city and Lennar. Homes there are listed between $550,000 and $800,000. Lennar estimates that the Hunters Point shipyard, as developed, could be worth more than $1 billion. And let's keep in mind who we're dealing with here, a very, very, very politically powerful Florida-based developer. That's San Francisco That's Supervisor Chris Daly speaking at a public uh, hearing. His district includes uh, Treasure Island, one of Lennar's Bay Area projects. However, Daly says Lennar got the redevelopment contracts in San Francisco because the company was... So politically in, uh, connected, in fact, for those of you who are newer on this body, that they weren't even the recommended developer for this project. That's the unofficial story. Officially, the redevelopment agency says Lennar was awarded the contract for Hunters Point partly because of its outreach efforts in the Bayview. In return for developing the property, Lennar signed on to provide certain benefits back to the community, including jobs training and jobs outreach through workshops like this. In a cramped trailer on the Lennar Hunters Point construction site, two girls help attendees register for a workshop. Good, good morning, everyone. Glad, glad to see everyone here this morning. My name is John Scott. For those of you who may not know me, I'm the construction uh, liaisons and, con- and uh, trucking administrator for the Lennar project. This is a general construction workshop, one of five Lennar held last year. These provide a platform for local residents to share experiences on issues businesses face in day-to-day operations, like cash flow and getting lines of credit. Robert White is a construction contractor. Have you any been able to uh, uh, mainstream or identify some real solutions that will help, especially the minority contractor that don't have a good credit history. Alan Edson of Remediation Services Incorporated says a program offered through Lennar's Community Benefits Package helped his company. Uh, We were able to uh, establish a relationship with Wells Fargo Bank where we were able to get our existing line of credit extended. These workshops are one way Lennar fulfills its agreement with the redevelopment agency to ensure that the Bayview benefits from the construction. The district has the highest poverty rate and the lowest median family income in the city. And so people like community organizer Alicia Schwartz are concerned that the redevelopment will push out current residents. And we know that Bayview-Hunters Point has the highest population of children and families in the whole city. We know that Bayview-Hunters Point has the highest concentration, for the most part, of folks of color in the city. We want to make sure that we protect the diversity of the city. That same concern has been voiced in communities Lennar has redeveloped around the country. The corporation has come under fire in many districts for changing the terms under which it offers affordable housing. For example, in the Orange County city of Tustin, winners of an affordable housing lottery were told they would be required to make a down payment of only 3% on new properties. But when it came time to buy, they discovered they were actually required to make a down payment of 50% of the purchase price. That meant a jump from $3,400 to $48,000, putting the units out of reach of several hopeful homebuyers. And so that raises a question of what Lennar believes constitutes affordable housing.
Lennar Urban President Kofi Bonner says the diversity of housing prices is important in the redevelopment. I think you have to tell me affordable to whom, because there are a wide range of people in the community who are looking for housing at all ranges. In its original agreement with the city of San Francisco, Lennar was to provide the redevelopment agency 700 apartments for rent. But in 2006, the agency allowed Lennar to cut the number of rental units by nearly two-thirds, convert the rest to condominiums, and offer just 85 of those units at below market rates. Should the market for apartments change, Bonner says Lennar might consider increasing the number of rental units. But for now, the lower number will stick because... At the time, candidly, the apartment builders were not paying as much for land as condo builders. That was essentially the business proposition. And this is a, it was a business proposition. Meaning that Lennar doesn't make as much from the sale or the city and the whole partnership doesn't make as much from the sale of... Uh, the land as an apartment complex as it would as condos. The, the, the fact of the yeah, well, the, the notion was that the partnership should try to build a combination of apartments, combination of condos, et cetera, et cetera. The, but the formula was to, was to garner as much for uh, land revenue as possible. And that's very important for Lennar's bottom line, especially as many financial realities are catching up with the corporation. The downturn of the housing market led to a third-quarter loss last year of $514 million, the biggest in its history. More recently, two investment firms downgraded Lennar's debt rating to junk bond status because of its large investment in flooded housing markets like California. Nonetheless, San Francisco is ready to graft a proposal for a new football stadium onto the Hunters Point redevelopment project. Should that happen, It would increase San Francisco's dependence on a single corporation to carry out the biggest development in the city's history. For KALW News in San Francisco, I'm Christy Cole. You can hear all of our stories and send us your comments and suggestions at KALW.org. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Holly Kernan.